Hi everybody, this is Jackie. Welcome to the Let's Talk TEFL podcast. So today I'm going to do a solo episode on the top seven tips for teaching ESL conversations. So um, many foreign teachers, when they go somewhere like Korea or Europe or Japan, um, they often end up teaching a lot of ESL conversation or English conversation classes. And um, yeah, so here are some of my top tips for making it better. So tip number one, make it as student-centered as possible. So student-centered, I mean, the students are doing the hard work and not the teacher. <laughs> so the teacher, um, me or, or you, is probably quite good at English already. So I don't need to practice my English. I want my students to be practicing English. So I want them to be speaking English as much as possible and for me to be speaking as little as possible. So um, I know this can kind of be a challenge. Um, it's easy to kind of just go up on stage and tell all the jokes and kind of get all the attention. And it feels good sometimes even um, if everyone's laughing and paying attention to you, but it's not actually that helpful for the students. So the way that I do this is I put students into pairs or small groups of three or four, and that's kind of the basic unit of my class. I will rarely have a class discussion with me and the entire class. So always think about if you can put students into smaller groups or pairs, that is always preferable um, to class discussions, unless of course you're teaching a one-on-one -on -one or something like that. Okay, so my second tip is to give students time to respond. So I'll just tell a little story. When I was in Korea, I took this um, Korean class and the teacher was um, the wife of one of my uh, coworkers, and she was this very nice Korean lady, and I was friends with her, and I really appreciated her. She was actually an English teacher, so she understood about teaching language. And she would ask uh, my friend and I, who were doing the class with her, a question. And um, I wasn't fluent in Korean, so I would need a little bit of time to kind of formulate my response. Like, it was not that easy for me to speak instantly in a full sentence. So I would just be thinking and then it would one or two seconds later, I'd be just almost opening my mouth, getting ready to say something. And she would just cut in and answer the question for me. And I just remember feeling so frustrated. I just thought, ah, oh, I can actually answer the question. Just give me time. Like I just let me try first before cutting in and not giving me a second to even think about this. So when you ask students a question or when you're doing anything, almost anything in class, People need time to process things in a language that's not their first language or a language they're not fluent in. So just give them time. Just give, be a little bit patient. Wait. No one minds a few seconds of silence in a second language class. It is necessary. So don't be scared of a little bit of silence. All right. The third tip I have for teaching English conversation is about feedback. So... Students, if you ask them what they expect out of a class with a native English speaker, they'll often say, oh, I want you to correct my mistakes. And I think students say that sincerely. I don't think <laughs> they don't know what they want. I think they do want that. But I think that it can sometimes look a little bit different than what they expect it to. I think students often expect it. They will give you a piece of writing or they'll speak and then you'll correct every single mistake they make. However, that can be very overwhelming for people, 
especially if they're beginners or kind of like lower intermediate, because if they write, say, like even three or four sentences, there'll be like 10 or 20 mistakes in that sentence, or even saying a couple sentences, it would be the same thing. The whole thing is a mistake almost. So how can you correct every single thing without them feeling like demoralized, overwhelmed, stressed out? So instead, I focus my feedback on a couple key things, a couple key areas. So the first thing is if I really don't understand what students are trying to say or write, then I will focus my feedback on that and try to help them make themselves be understood. The second thing I focus on is what I'm teaching that day in class. So for example, if I'm teaching about the simple present and someone makes a mistake with the simple present, I will correct that every single time because that is the focus of the lesson. And the third thing that I'll focus on is things that we've maybe studied in the past or I've taught my students in the past in that class. Um, So for example, if I taught them about the simple past like two weeks ago and then they made a mistake with the simple past two weeks later, I would probably correct them on that as long as it wasn't too disruptive to the lesson. So feedback, focus on those areas and you will do well. Um, Focusing on every single thing is just often too much. Okay, so the fourth tip that I have is to use graded language. So um, maybe you've taken some language classes in your life and um, have had this experience. So the teacher is just talking and talking and talking and you are understanding nothing. (laughs) And I mean, you can maybe pick out a random word here or there, but most of it is going completely over your head. It's frustrating, it's a waste of time, and it makes you want to actually just probably drop out of that language class and never come back again. Um, So please prevent this with your students. So the way to do this is to grade your language. So grading language does not mean talking to students like they're babies, and nor does it mean to drop things like articles and um, to make it simpler that way. Instead, you can do it two ways. So the first is to just use Well, sorry, it's the same way, but there's kind of two factors to it. So I use complete sentences, grammatically correct sentences, and I just say them more slowly. So students can understand, um, let me think of an example. So I played soccer last night. If I said that slowly enough, any student can understand that almost, even beginners. Or if I say something like play soccer yesterday, there's no real benefit to saying it like that. Sure, it's a little bit like shorter, but you've dropped all these kind of important, grammatically important words in that sentence. So it's not actually teaching students how to speak English properly. So use real sentences whenever you talk, just more slowly. And the second way to grade your language is to use simpler language. So simpler in terms of vocabulary and then also grammatical structures. So keep that in mind. All right, the next tip I have for teaching ESL conversation is to make a lesson plan. So if you, what is that saying? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. This is true in terms of conversation classes, any English class that you teach. Never go into class without just even a basic lesson plan. Um, I know that conversation classes can kind of just seem like this you know, just kind of this fun, just like chatting with the students, hanging out, having a fun time. And I mean, I've been there too. And it's like some students does actually what they want. They just want to chit chat, whatever. But often students want to like actually achieve results and get better at English. And that 
actually happens by using a lesson plan generally. So um, have a focus of the lesson. So either some vocabulary, a grammatical point, um, improving like some reading skills like skimming or scanning or maybe like learn how to write a resume. I don't know, whatever the case is, have a focus to that lesson and things will go much more smoothly and students will appreciate that you've come in with a plan and you have a purpose and you're serious about teaching them. All right, the next tip is to focus on questions and answers. So I've been there too, and I'm sure you have, is when you go into class and you ask students, how are you today? Oh, I'm good. What did you do on the weekend? Oh, I played soccer. And so students just really get into this habit of the teacher asks questions and the students ask answer questions. However, they don't get a lot of practice in asking questions. So I always get my students to ask me. So even if it's just the little chit chat at the beginning of the class, I'll just say to my students, oh, how are you today? And then some students will say, oh, good, great. And then I'll just kind of pause and gesture towards myself. And then students at first are a little bit confused sometimes when they're like, oh, teacher, how are you today? And I'll say, oh, I'm good, thanks. And then I'll say, and how was your weekend? And they would say, oh, yeah, like I hung out with my friends. And then I would just kind of wait. <laughs> sometimes it's a little bit awkward, but I would kind of just gesture towards myself. And eventually they would kind of catch on and they would say, oh, so what did you do this weekend? And I was like, oh, thanks for asking. I like whatever, whatever I did that weekend. And so it's just kind of this like funny funny thing, but uh, just require the students ask you questions as well, and not only you just ask them questions. All right, so that kind of leads nicely into my last tip, which is about asking follow-up questions. So I almost always get my students to ask follow-up questions. So if I put them, say, in like pairs or small groups to do a little conversation activity, maybe it's about like their daily routine. So maybe it's like student A is asking student B, what time do you get up? And then like, what do you eat for breakfast? When do you go to school? How do you get to school? Um, that kind of thing. I always have, I usually will have kind of like a script of like questions or a little list of questions they could ask. But then I always require students to ask a follow-up question. So maybe, for example, they decide to ask their um, partner about getting up so they could say what time do you get up and then I get up at seven and then I require them to ask one follow-up question about getting up so they could say um, who wakes you up or is that early or do you feel like it's very early do you have enough time to get ready um, are you rushed in the morning I don't know does something like that there are a million follow-up questions that you can ask so I do this for pretty much every single activity and students are often not that used to like asking follow-up questions so you might get a little bit of um hesitation or just uncertainty about it um I know that I do but then I also know that by the end of my class when I require it for like every single day every single activity students just understand <laughs> okay I need to ask follow-up questions and they just kind of accept it as this thing they need to do and a way to help students in the beginning with this is to go over the five w's and the h questions and then maybe just write some like kind of simple grammatical structures for asking questions on the whiteboard kind of depending on what the focus of your lesson is and um, yeah so they just kind of have a little I guess security blanket to like look up on the board if they're feeling a little bit uncertain or a little bit unsure about how to ask the follow-up question. 
Okay, so those are my top seven tips for teaching English conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want more information about the podcast, please be sure to check out eslactivity.org slash podcast. And I have all the show notes and then the episodes and um, yeah, all the things. And that's also my website. So you can find all the links to my socials, uh, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, all the things. And um, yeah, please be sure to check out my book, Teaching ESL for Dummies by Jackie Bolin. And I'll put the link up there for you in the notes. And yeah, you can pick up a ton more tips for teaching ESL conversation and also teaching, yeah, kind of any other English class that you might teach. Okay, thanks everyone. Catch you later. Bye.